Hello all and welcome to the Lair of Lore number 36, we think. We didn't check, but we're assuming. And I'm Cap. And I'm Miriam. And we're actually here to talk about MTG artists today, because it's been too long since we had an episode, and frankly, we haven't we keep threatening to do an artist episode, so we decided we should finally do it. Yes, so we each picked an artist that we thought were really cool, and we're gonna talk about them. Yeah. And their art. Um so Miriam, would you like to like start off with the card that you picked? And the okay. the uh, person and why? Cast your mind back just a few years down the road uh, to Shadows over Innistrad. Something is wrong on Innistrad. There's Eldritchian horrors popping up. And I picked the card Thraben Inspector from that particular set. Uh, and that just kind of caught my eye because I thought, one, it's a cool card. And the artist for Thraben Inspector is Matt Stewart. So things that kind of drew me to look at Matt's uh, art style more and realize, oh, hey, this is freaking awesome. In a lot of, I would say probably 90% of his cards where there's someone's face, he has such such skill in capturing facial expressions that I'm just like, wow, I love this. Um, so like in, for example, Thraben Inspector, so let me just tell you about the card. Uh, it's a generic creature, human, so, sorry, for one, <laughs> what, wow, words. For one white, it is a human soldier, one, two. So when Thraben Inspector enters the battlefield, investigate. Put a colorless clue artifact token onto the battlefield with two, with, uh, two generic sacrifices artifact. Draw a card. If you've been at this as long as I have, nothing can surprise you. That's the hope, at least. She says, um, and the looking card, as a building is, like, turned into tentacles. <laughs> so, again, the facial expression on this card is like, ugh. Yeah, if you're looking at the, the video version of this podcast, I've got the card itself up on our overlay, and the card does not quite do justice to the, like, full-blown art, uh, because she's just, like, sneering at it, like, the hell is this crap? Disdain. Yes. And that just, like, I love that um, so much. I, I love facial expressions in general. Um, and the way Matt Stewart captured the art of this card, I'm just like, this is fantastic. I mean, similarly and, to that, we also have the his, oh, I forgot the name. Was it Howling, Shrill Howler in the yep. background, which for a werewolf that is losing part of its face still has a remarkably impressive uh, amount mm -hmm. of uh, facial expression. For exactly. a werewolf that's losing half of its face. It's both tortured and ferocious. Until the other werewolf heads erupt out of its mouth when it transforms, and then it just gets creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I picked Matt Stewart to talk about for this episode. Uh, I picked one of my personal favorite, I guess, cards specifically, and apparently I didn't save... Did I close mine? I closed mine, didn't I? No, I didn't. There it is. Um, I picked one that I love the art for, and I hate the fact that they have never done a, a good version of the wallpaper for this. I know that there is a wallpaper of this card on MTG, but it's the weird aspect ratio of just, we took the original card and, like, blew it up to full size. It's not a, a wallpaper aspect ratio, so it doesn't work terribly well. Oh, and, did it, does it get all stretched out? No, it doesn't get stretched out at all. That's the issue, is that it's, like, 
900 and something by 600. So it doesn't... Oh. So you just have, like, these big black bars on the top mm. and the sides. Okay. Or you stretch okay. it. But, yeah. So it, this is yeah. colloquially known as Skittles, or Skitherix the Blight Dragon. <laughs> That's I didn't even yeah. make that one up. Th- that is really that his nickname. That's literally like going up to this and going, Kitty! For a giant dragon. For three generic and two black, he's a legendary <laughs> creature, Dragon Skeleton. He's a 4-4 with flying and infect. He's the only, I believe, uh, I know for sure he's the only dragon with infect. I think he's also the only black dragon from this entire set as well. Because mm. um, most of the dragons were in red. Uh, but yes, he has infect and then he's got pay a black... Skitherix the Blight Dragon gains haste until end of turn and pay two black, regenerate Skitherix. So he's very hard to kill. I I would assume so. Um, and what you can really see very well in the like full blown up art is that the the dragons on he's from Scars of Mirrodin, which is why he has in fact uh, the the uncompleted dragons have this weird thing where they don't have like full on wings usually. They have sort of like vestigial wings, and then they just kind of have engines in their back. So you can still see that in his case, but in the full blown-up art, you can also see that, like, he doesn't, because he's been completed and made for Rexy, he doesn't have any need of, like, a bunch of organs or anything, so he's just got, like, bits of his ribcage hanging out and parts of his body just missing. Mm-hmm. But like, so- all the way up the neck. Yeah, but something about the, like very long neck, and when you get to see the full full blown-up art, he's also got these, like, very long arms that are sort of... It makes it, him almost look more like, I, for lack of a better word, sort of like a centaur, because he's got this sort of, like, distinct segmentation between his body, where he's got, like, the lower half, and then just this really long section that makes up his, like, neck and wings and, like, jet engines... There's something about the position that the his lower, his, like, from the neck down that makes me think cat. Yeah. Very cat. Yes. Like, it, yeah, I just, I'm thinking cat mixed with llama mixed with lizard. Yeah, this is the and card made that undead. I, I think I pulled this very early on in, when I started playing Magic. It was mm-hmm. just like, I, this card is beautiful and I love it. And... I was so sad to find out that he actually has, like, no story or anything in Scars at the time. It was just like, yeah, no, he's just a legendary Blight Dragon. Like, he's the only Blight Dragon, but... It it was just sort of sad to realize that, oh my god, this is, like, badass and amazing, and he has, like, no connection to anything that's going on. He's also the reason why I have an Infect deck behind me somewhere, as, like, my one last remaining commander deck. But it's Mardu infect, so it's dumb and weird. <laughs> but yeah, um, so you picked Max Stewart and I picked Chippy. Um, one of these has been doing magic art for a very long time and doesn't really do it anymore. The other one has started a couple of years ago and mm. is very prolific and does a lot of magic art now. I'll yeah. let you guess which one is which. Yeah, I, so when Cap sent me links, kind of as we were doing research for the show, I'm just like, wait a second, clicking on the link, sorry, this page cannot be found, sorry, this page cannot be found, Yeah, and I got so, sad. So in our uh, show notes, you can find that we've got Chippy's full, like, his personal website in it, and unfortunately, 
he has this section. So it's just an about page and then a section for galleries. And the only gallery that doesn't redirect to uh, this page doesn't exist anymore is his personal work stuff. Because he doesn't really do magic art anymore and all of his other uh, galleries are like Magic the Gathering, D&D, Deus Ex characters, Thief 4 environments, Tomb Raider, uh, Process and Development, and World of Warcraft. Because from the only source that I've been able to find, apparently he may or may not have stopped doing freelance work, which is basically what you do when you do art for wizards. Um, like, you consistently do a lot of art for them, but you're still a contractor, which is a whole other shitty thing. But he apparently works for Valve now? Doing something? I don't know what. Um, Valve being the company that runs Steam, and seeing as the only thing that they actively produce content for anymore is making hats for TF2, I don't know what he's doing besides making hats, because that seems like a gross waste of his talent, but... Eh? Yeah, that's kind of sad. Because, um, like, the, the pieces that I can see on his site, just the, the cover art to the galleries, he would have been really fun to check more of his work out. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do want to cover really quickly, why is his name Chippy when that's not actually his name? Um, because... Unfortunately, um, I don't know what country this is an issue in. It might be in his um, uh, home area of the British Isles, or it might be in the States. I don't know which. I think it's in the States where this is an issue. Um, his actual name is Brian Dugan, which unfortunately is also the name of a serial killer. And if you search Brian Dugan... No matter how good of an artist he is, that name is also going to be included in the Google searches. So he started using a handle as well. Chicago. There we go. Okay, Chicago. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's why Chippy is Chippy. Um, oh dear, I'm, I'm staying off of this Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's dark. It gets bad real quick. Even, um, like, the tagline for it, I'm just like, okay, no thank you. Yeah, it's one of those serial killers where it's just like, no matter what you do as an individual person, you're probably not going to be able to get ahead of them on Google searches. Nope. So, uh, nope. I, I believe in most things he's actually credited directly as Chippy, not as Brian Chippy Dugan. I think it's usually just Chippy for almost all of his, like, creative works. Yeah. Um, but just a quick explanation, because I know for a while I was just like, who the hell is Chippy? And couldn't figure out why this name kept showing up that was so different from every other magic mm -hmm. card. Where it's like, we've got real names on these, but not on this one. Um, but yeah, unfortunately his whole website is kind of, like, not a thing but. anymore. I mean, it's it but. has it has his really good art for, um, what's it called? Oh, it's a goblin from Scars. He did some of his best work in Scars. Okay, um, yeah, it's, it's the one with the spike on its head. Yeah, it has battle cry. Goblin War Driver, there we go. A bunch of his cards were legitimately very good and competitive at times. Um, I mean, not quite... I don't think any of them ever reached the insane heights that, like, Thraben Inspector did. But I believe uh, Goblin War Driver did some work. 
For two red, it was just a 2-2 goblin warrior with battle cry, which was one of the mechanics for Scars of Mirrodin. Uh, it was a Mirren mechanic, so it belonged to the things that hadn't been taken by the Phyrexians. And it was just whenever this creature attacks, each other attacking creature gets plus one, plus zero oh until end of turn. A true warrior fights with whatever's handy. Quirk, the secret, the secret warren. Of the secret warren. Ah. I believe this was originally... Yeah, so this was originally from uh, Scars of Mirrodin, where the whole thing was that... So, if you didn't play during the original Scars of Mirrodin set, we had... Sorry, not the Scars. It was, this was from Besieged. So you had Scars of Mirrodin, which was about 80% Mirren cards, 20% Phyrexian cards. Um, and it was a large set. Then we had Mirrodin Besieged, which was a small set, and was about a 50-50 split. And then anyone who believed the marketing, uh, we were either going to get Mirrodin Pure, which would be a like 80% uh, Mirrodin set and 20% Phyrexian, about the Mirrens winning... Mirrens weren't ever going to win. That wasn't like a... It, it wasn't like the, the Ixalan story thing, where they were going to come up with an excuse for either one to win. The Mirrens were never going to win. Because I, I think we mentioned this around the Ixalan story, that they showed off cards that were like, here's the Mirren Pure card, and here's the New Phyrexian card, and no matter what, they'll both be in the set. And the, the new Phyrexian mm. card was like a terrifying completed angel, and the Mirren card was an enchantment that could tap for one and gain you life, and cost like one mana, <laughs> and it was just like pure steel or something, pure steel amulet, something like that. Uh, it's just like uh, it was never gonna be Mirren pure, or we would get new Phyrexia, which would be an eighty percent Phyrexian and twenty percent Mirren set, and it was new Phyrexia. And then one day, I, we'll remember that the Phyrexians exist and actively want to complete all planes. Are we going to come back to it? I mean... We'll find out. They're aware of other planes. I mean... They were born on a completely different plane. Well, the oil that made them was born on a completely different plane. Yeah. They also were basically created by Karn, so it's mostly his fault. And he's just sort of, I guess, walked away and decided to wash his hands of it? I don't know. Karn seems to have decided he doesn't care anymore. I mean, you see, you kind of see that a lot with characters, where it's like, eh, I'm done here. I'm just gonna leave and let it, like, yeah. crumble into shit. Well, the worst part is that Mirrodin didn't, ex like, Karn made Mirrodin, but he made it as, like, a, a giant plane that had nothing on it, and then mm. left, and for some reason left the Mirari on it, and made it a sentient being. It was just like, you, watch over my plane. And the Mirari, who had been made a sentient being, went like, I miss my father. He never comes back anymore. Um, how He's a planeswalker. You know what I'll do? I'll steal the souls of other people from other planes to trap them here until one of them is born with a planeswalker spark that I can steal. And then I'll leave and go get him. Also, because Dad has a... A, a heart made from I think it was like a Phyrexian agent uh, he's been secretly secreting oil so everyone who's ever Phyrexian <laughs> oil so everyone who's ever been on this plane has been like lightly touched by Phyrexian oil and then he came back because someone Witness. killed the gatekeeper that was made out of the Marari and he started going extra nutso and more Phyrexian oil poured out of him and then it just got worse 
That's... It sounds like it. Like, if I recall correctly, the reason why he's not, like, just pouring Phyrexian oil everywhere now is because, uh, in the worst magic book ever written, The Quest for Karn, I mm-hmm. believe Venser gave him his heart, which works for some reason in Karn, so he's not, like... And then he just, I guess, either they destroyed the old Phyrexian heart or left it there... But either way, the new Phyrexians know how to make more oil, so it doesn't exactly help. So yeah, he's just gone like, I, I'm not spreading oil anymore, so I'm just gonna, just gonna leave. Bye. Oh. Hi, cat. Hi. That was good timing. Hi, kitty. So she's been uh, climbing on banister, the banisters now. That's adorable. She's sorry. So now everyone gets to see my cat yeah. more than just an awkwardly contorted webcam. Yay. Or one of my kitties. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't imagine Jack being able to. Can, can I just? It's just like, can I walk on you here? Here. Let... I I love you. I love you, baby girl. <laughs> Don't let her rub on the mic. She's <laughs> like, ooh, there's a pretty. Is she rubbing on? She I should be out of this the floor mic. Uh, this mic. Uh, the table mic. It's definitely not using that. It's using your headset mic. Balls. Well, okay. I, don't don't change it. It actually sounds really. I'm not good. going to. Yeah. This will be a. No, it actually sounds really good. Oh wow! Yeah, hmm. just watch out um, because apparently he's just like, ooh, there's a light, there's a light on the yeah, end of his microphone. I'm gonna come get tiny it. Tiny interlo- tiny adorable interloper is gonna be a distraction for right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, are there any so other funny. like big cards that you want to talk about for Matt Stewart? Um. Okay. So where else is it? I mean, I really liked Creepy Doll, but I'm. <laughs> A Basically a card little... made specifically for you, yes. I am a strange little person, and I realize that. And I just like my weird art. How and... have I somehow... Oh, okay, well, I was about to say, I've somehow lost his MTG artist page. But no, I've got his own website up. Also, yeah. apparently every MTG artist in existence uses goddamn Squarespace. <laughs> Which, that's... Yeah. He did Phyrexian art, too! Oh, this makes he me did. happy. He did. Sorry, so, um, which one of the... Creepy doll, there we go. Creepy Doll is definitely... Let me go back to it. Wait. Okay, there. That's I'm, I now have the right pages open okay. in front of me. Um, so Creepy Doll, which is also from the Innistrad set. Let me pull the art back up properly again. Why are you hiding from me? Do, 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 Sorry, do. I was trying to pull it up on um, uh, Art of Magic the Gathering, but let me just search the card. So I can give you the card information as well. I mean, honestly, I'm just going to be trying to pull up the... Oop. Oh, shoot. That looks no like we're sin. Sorry. I'm just trying okay. to pull up the... I'm going to basically just be throwing this into the background. That's in the cool. place where... It actually makes a good background. Where the howler um, is, yeah. <laughs> so Creepy Doll uh, is an artifact creature construct for 5 generic and is 1-1. Creepy Doll is indestructible. Whenever Creepy de- Doll deals combat damage to a creature, flip a coin. If you win the flip, destroy that creature. A child's porcelain doll went missing one night, as did a pair of kitchen shears and the town magistrate. <laughs> I'd love to make this like smaller to fit better, but I don't think I can. It's just such a cool-looking card. Um, then also another fun bit of art by him is from Kaladesh. Uh, Padim, Consul of Innovation. 
Um, oh, we talked about this. We talked about this because of the flavor text. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it. There we it is. We did. We did. We talked about this card. Yes, we did because he's one of the <laughs> one of the consoles. Yes, I also realized he has an extra finger. Yeah, all they the all the Vidalkin have six. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't notice that, but I um, we talked about it honestly. Oh, this I, art is so small. It was small. a while ago. Right, it's uh, so small. There we go. That's so, Padim, Console of Innovation, for three generic and a blue, is a legendary creature, Vidalkan Artificer. One for one for. Artifacts you control have hexproof at the beginning of your upkeep. If you control the artifact with the highest converted mana cost or tied for the highest converted mana cost, draw a card. His flavor text is Impress me. <sighs> Again, facial expressions yeah. are so great yeah the entire focus here is just on like his facial expression like there's the weird it's little so bored uh the, the, artifact the construct thing but it, it's definitely not the focus like no, it's just it's there just... to add something else and the eyes are like so piercingly blue in comparison to everything else okay well i'm gonna steal one of matt stewart's then that i think is very good despite not having a visible face still being Freaking imposing. Ooh, for which one? Which one? Uh, I think it's actually right next to it, which is one of my favorite cards. No, that's... Hang on. What? No. Copy image address... Oh my goodness, it just pulled up his website instead of the actual image address. There we go. Um, (laughs) What is it called? Uh, I know the name of this. Phyrexian Mirror. Uh... Oh, I don't know the actual card effect. That was silly. I should have checked that. Um, I know it's a mirror. I want to say it's two mana. And it's got a really... It's got infect, and I want to say it's... It's either two or three mana, because it has an effect where if it uh, deals direct damage, it's just a 1-1 one, one normally. But if it gets blocked, it gets either plus two, plus two, or plus three, plus three. Um... Um... Unless... Yeah. Hang on. I'm I'm relatively certain I remember this card perfectly, but we'll see. Oh, I'm thinking of this as a card called Ickerclaw Mirror, which it looks like it's designed after. Is this just the the token? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think this is just the t- no. What is this? Yeah, I think this is just the token for a Phyrexian Mirror then. Can you link me to that? Yes, it is the token. Uh, yes, hang on, just a second. Okay. Um, ba-ba. There you go. And... Okie dokie. Oh! Oh, of course you would love this. Yeah. Of course Sorry, that's the actual this. token. It was mm. It was on his website, I promise. Nope, of course you would love that. Yeah. That is so you. It's a mirror, and it's, like, Phyrexianified. That is basically... Like my entire jam all at once. That's that is so you right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So Matt Stewart, we applaud you. You have done some phenomenal looking cards. Turns out that if you did new Phyrexian artwork, I probably love it. Pretty much. I'm easily swayed. Sorry. <laughs> I guess not specifically in the set for new Phyrexia, but specifically the the new Phyrexian art style I love. Um, um, can I just? Yeah. I apparently it's for me it's Innistrad is what does it. I am totally 
fine with Innistrad too. So which one? Uh, Cobbled Wings. Cobbled Wings. Is that one on his website? Yes. Okay. I'm just being dumb. Right. This is in alphabetical order, you idiot. <laughs> I We've been looking at this for how long and I just realized that it's in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. And this isn't all the cards he's done. It's just like... No, but these are the ones that he's got like full, big art versions mm-hmm. of, which I love. And the thing is, uh, I even went on to his Etsy because he has an Etsy. Um, yes. And he has several prints that I love, but he also does... He also has done some... Um, Middle Earth art. That's just really cool. I'm curious if he actually did it for, like, one of the Middle Earth games, or if it's just, like, for fun. I don't know, but they're, like... I I wonder if he has, because the pieces that he's done are varied. Yeah, or maybe it's just a thing he does to, like, practice? For funsies. Yeah. Um, I'm not throwing any of these up because, I mean, they're paid prints, so you yeah. should probably go check them out. Exactly. I think they're just prints. Like, I, I don't think they're, like, um, yeah. uh, uh, playmats or anything like that, but they are, like, signed no. prints. Yeah. Um, I am, might be considering getting myself Creepy Doll, mm. the Creepy Doll print. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, there's one other, one of his arts, though, that I want to throw up real quick. Go for it. Um, I mean, Cobbled Wings is amazing, but he's... It's so beautiful. One that I think people forget about is he actually did art for... I believe this was one of the great designers, or not great designer, um... What was this called? Uh, I think it's, like, you designed the card? It's the thing where they get the community to, like, vote on different aspects oh, of a card. I think that was, like, Great Designer Search or something No, like no, that. Great Designer Wait, Search is the thing that's going on right now where um, a whole bunch of community members can basically perform a bunch of tests to try and get an internship as a designer at Wizards. This is a thing where they do a whole bunch of, like, polls on the Wizard website to, like, vote on aspects of a card. And what we ended up with was Waste Not which I don't remember being a great card. It was in M15, and I think it was the last time they did this. But the art is creepy. The man has made himself a hood out of, like, a tailbone and hips and things. I think there might be some femurs. Those two longer bones are femurs. Yeah, I think it's femurs that, like, one of them is braided into his creepy face wraps. The other one seems to go into his hood that he made out of a tailbone. It looks like there's a tailbone and a wishbone. Oh. Maybe? With, like, so there a could set be... of hips above it? So there could be, like, uh... No, a tailbone wouldn't go into a wishbone like that. It was just like, uh... What is the name of that bone, by the way? Keelbone. Keelbone, thank you. Because birds have it and in... I think it might not ways. actually be a keelbone so much as just, like, a whole bunch of ribs yeah. tied together to make that shape. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking of what bones naturally have that sort of element of curvature. Yeah, but since it's so, like, tied like that, I assume, I, I think it's not natural. Yeah. But the, though the two long bones are definitely femurs. Oh, yeah, those are definitely femurs. One of them, like, ties into this hood thing. The other yeah. one ties into his mask, I guess? That's creepy. And maybe, and also is backpack support. Yeah. I love that he's, like, 
drilled holes in some bones so that he can tie ropes through it. That's just creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the bag of skulls at the waist. Um, so... Oh, hey, there's also a collar of, like, metacarpals and metatars... Uh, no, those are just metacarpals. Yeah, I think it's just metacarpals. Because, yeah, finger bones have that very specific look to them. So, I would, yeah, like to refocus on uh, Chippy a little bit. The problem is that almost none of his freaking art is on um, uh, Art of MTG. Yeah. Because a lot of his art is from before Art of MTG really did a whole heck of a lot. Um, Because one thing that Chippy is relatively well known for is that he helped sort of define what the Alara Shard of Esper was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his more famous works is that I believe he did all of the land for Esper. I know for sure he did the uh, island for Esper. Um, um, and if you, you've never seen them, I can't really describe them well, but the whole idea behind Esper is that um, so in Alara, you had these shards of a plane where they had a three-color mix. And it was one color and then its two ally colors. So mm-hmm. Esper had blue as its central focus with uh, black and white. So it ended up being this insanely like ordered and perfectly designed plane. Um which had the weird aspect where a lot of people would replace parts of their body with uh, Ethereum, which was this sort of, like, wild metal that was made out of, like, pure magic, and they couldn't, like, grow it. They just sort of had a limited supply. It was very strange. Uh, Let me see. I just want to check and see if he did all of the... Okay, so he did the... I think he did all of the... What's it called? Esper. The Esper lands. The problem is that... I think each... Well, basic lands. I think that each one only got, like, one... Card? Um, I started looking at Esper and kind of what it is. but that's So that's where Tezzeret has come from. Yes, that is where Tezzeret came from. In fact, uh, Tezzeret's job when he was on Esper... <clears throat> yeah, okay, so it looks like he did a lot of it, um, but let me throw up the, uh, the island, just because it's one of the more well-known ones, because Esper is so ordered and organized that their clouds look kind of broken, uh, in okay. that they're like split in places so that they can be more neatly or- organized and ordered and so that they only ever cast, like, a rectangular shadow. It's very weird. Um, but yeah, uh, Tezzeret came from Esper. In fact, before Tezzeret became a planeswalker, and in fact a little bit after, he was a seeker, um, mm-hmm. who were people who went out and they were basically one of the lower rungs of society, and to make money, what they would do is go either find or make a corpse that had some ethereum in it and take the ethereum and sell it back to the like government i guess i don't know if it was ever clearly defined who exactly they sold it to but like that was their entire thing was just well there's only so much ethereum so we can go get it out of someone else and bring it here 
Um, like he also did uh, ba -ba -ba -ba, Sphinx Sovereign, which is another one of the like big kind of classic Esper cards. Um, for four, a white, two blue, and a black. It's an artifact creature with flying. Sphinx, 6-6. Six, six. At the beginning of your turn, you gain three life. If Sphinx Sovereign is untapped, otherwise each opponent loses three life. Uh, what rises without legs, whispers without a voice, and bites without teeth, and dies without having uh, life. Uh, the wind? I believe that is what it's supposed to be, yes. Oh, okay. I, I was just listening to it. I was like, that sounds like it should be the wind. Yeah. And then... Wind uh, rises, it whispers. Yeah. Um, I had an article here. So this is just like a quick run-through of some of uh, Chippy's like, most well-known card arts. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I don't think I shared this one to you, did I? I don't think you did. Okay, here, let me throw this to you. It's just like five, but still. So... You know, it's still more than, uh... Oh, okay. So, first up, and I don't think we're going to be going over, like, all of these cards, just more of, like, hey, okay. here's some cards that are... Like, the thing I, I... I feel like the thing I like about Chippy's style is that he can kind of do anything... Yeah. And that for him, the he has this amazing ability to sort of, like, bring the focus into whatever the... I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this. So, part of what I love about um, magic art is that there is a background. There's stuff going on in the background. But the way that mm. Chippy's art works is that the background is so... Imp is really impressive and very detailed, but something about the way he draws it, the focus is so much more on whatever the thing in the center that is clearly supposed to be what the card is um, makes it clearer. Because it's one of the issues that back when I was much younger and played Yu-Gi-Oh! I always had an issue with, was that you'd have these like really impressive, cool-looking monsters, but they'd be on a background of nothing. It's just like, I, what's the... What is this thing doing? It's yeah. just standing here in this void or in front of this, like, Technicolor dreamscape. That doesn't exactly. give me anything about it. Um, and I, I get that the idea is to bring the focus in on whatever the creature is, but something about the way that Chippy does his art makes it so that the background isn't important. The focus is 100% on the creature. The background just serves to add little bits and pieces. And I think Void yes. Mage Husher, which is the one we've got up right now, is a perfect example of that. Where you've got this, like, world crumbling behind her, but it's so unimportant because the Void Mage herself is so visually striking. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost flat, in a way. Yeah. It It's weird. So it doesn't... It's not... Uh, some cards, you look at them, and it's like, oh, this is kind of drawn more realistically. The style on this card is, like, off-puttingly flat, but then you look at certain things, like the texture of her pauldrons. Yeah. Like, and that looks almost like real leather. I think it's that sort of idea where it's it's not trying to be realistic, it's trying to be, like, color-corrected realistic. Hi like, hi almost hyper-realistic. Yeah. Like, I'd go so that, that idea that when you see something on uh, TV or on an, a video or something, it's that's not... What it actually looks looks like, it's what it looks like after an editor has gotten their hand on it and, like, color-corrected different aspects to make certain things yeah. stick out more. Like the, like, 
four bits of her skin that are showing that are like the pure alabaster. And, but also scratched, which makes those like lines show up that much more. Yeah, and the whatever is looks kind of like blood that seemed to have dried and ran down her face. Yeah, from her eyes. Yeah, and even just like the little touch of her magic is a color that's offset from her armor and the background and her like very limited skin. Her eyes and her hand. Yeah. Is Um, that super blue color? Yeah. Um, And then the next, so I'm just going to run through all five of these, and I will include this in the uh, show notes, this site where we're Mm -hmm. getting this from. Um, the next one that they've got on here is Vectus Agent, which is another one of the, like, classic Esper cards, which I think is another great example of it, where there's clearly stuff going on in the background, but Mm -hmm. it's less important than, I mean, it's not even less important, it's very important, but something about what she's doing makes it, like, is more important, I guess. Yes. Um. Like, there's stuff happening in the distance, but just, like, you know who she reminds me of a little bit? Hmm. Guess. I'm gonna guess Vin. Yes. Yep. That's an easy one. Yes, it is. I was like, he's gonna get it if I ask him yeah. what this card reminds me of. And um, bingo, right on the nose. And yeah, this was this is supposed to be, like, a an assassin for whoever's running the Esper, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, where... Besides her head, basically her entire body has been converted into Ethereum. Yeah. Uh, and Except for maybe her fingers. Y- maybe? Yeah, her fingers are too, like... Fleshy. Yeah. Well, just because when Ethereum does hands, it usually does, like, pointy claws. Mm-hmm. I think she wanted that dexterity from... Probably, yeah. Uh, fingers? But she might hate them regardless. I don't think she cares all that much. It's just more of like, this is a job. Function versus... Yeah. Huh. Um, the next one, which I love, because apparently I just like drakes and dragons you and like Chippy does. Dra- you like dragons, you like drakes, and you like dinosaurs. Yeah, but this is another one where this has also been done by uh, Chippy, and this is another new Phyrexian thing. Super bony. Yeah. Uh, except it refuses to... Sh- hang on. Copy image. Da, 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 da. Refresh. There you go. Yeah. Um, this is another one where I, I I owned this card and can't tell you what the heck it did because it wasn't great for any of the decks I played, but it's the same sort of thing where it's a... it's a This one's blue. Um, it's a drake or a dragon that has been, well, in this case, it's a drake, that has been completed by the Phyrexians. So it's got this, like, metallic tail and these, like, this toothy maw, but it's almost as though the sort of, like, teeth, or the the same design as the teeth sort of extend down its back. And then you've got it's this... It's also got oil slick colors as well. Yeah, that's. I think that's part of why I, I think it's such a good thing for New Phyrexia. And then you've got this weird aspect where in the center, it's almost like it's still sort of fleshy, as though it's just like, I we haven't figured out the best way to replace the wings, so I guess you get to have fleshy wings for now, until mm-hmm. we figure out how to replace it. Because it's not like the Blight Dragon, where it's just got engines that can move it forward. Um, I, so I looked up what the card does. Yeah. 
Uh, not that much. It is uh, so two generic, two blue, uh, two four with flying. Um, uh, so when Dark Slick Drake is pulled into a graveyard from the battlefield, draw a card. Okay, I wanted to say I thought it had some sort of graveyard effect, but that was the best I had. Um, yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't do a whole lot. That's still cool. I think the next two are much more impressive. Yes. So the first one is dumb. It's very dumb. It's a very good card, but it's also very dumb. It's Abyssal Persecutor, which... Oh my goodness, why is this overlay being so dumb? Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and remember exactly what this does, but if I recall correctly, and I'm assuming that you've already pulled it up to correct me, it's... Uh, uh, yes. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say... <laughs> I think it's six mana... Probably two black and four generic. Maybe three black and three generic. I want to say it has flying, trample, maybe lifelink, but probably not. And it has the extra special stupid clause of you cannot win the game and your opponent cannot lose the game. Um, this is a card that if anyone listened to the mana pool, it's the one that famously uh, Mike had the win on, like, had won the game, but kept for some reason protecting his Abyssal Persecutor instead of letting it get killed or killing it himself, and then realized after he ran out of ways to kill it that he couldn't anymore. <laughs> he's just like, I'm, I'm going to lose because I refused to kill the demon that was stopping me from winning. Oops. So, so what is it? you're really close. Okay. Um, it's too generic and too black. Two black. Slightly oh my black. god! Uh, is it still it's a six six? Or is it? Oh, okay, it's a four four. Still okay. a six six. Wait, it is a six six. It's still a six six. Oh, okay then. I was massive. I was overcosting it by two. You you were, but you got everything else correct. Does it have lifelink? Uh, no, sorry, scratch. Okay, it. no okay. lifelink, but it does have flying and trample. Okay, it was just like it's a big demon. It's got so yeah. usually big demons have flying trample and are six sixes, but that was the closest. I was just like ah. Uh, I can't remember if it has lifelink or something, but no, I guess that's it makes, pretty good. It makes sense for it to not have lifelink. Um, flavor text for this card: Ooh. His slaves crave death more than they desire freedom. <laughs> he denies them both. What a jerk! And last but not least is probably the best art that Sarkon Vol has ever had: Sarkon the Mad. This is uh, Sarkon after. Both Nicol Bolas and the spirit of Ugin are shouting in his head, which, just to prove that they had no idea what the hell they were doing with Ugin several years ago, that dragon that's apparently in his head looks nothing like Ugin. Like, just to prove, like, I... Look, there's some stuff that happened in the M19 story that I have already been informed of that sounds massively dumb and retconny, and not like, hey, we're, like, gonna go refer back to some old story stuff, just like, huh, um, we don't actually know what we're doing with Nicobolus, except that he's going to Ravnica, so I guess we should come up with a story for him, and a reason for any of this to be going on. Like, um, I would like to point out all of that sketchy loveliness in white in the back. Yeah, that's what I'm pointing out. That's, like, that is that, beautiful. I... <gasps> I think so that pretty. is supposed to be the, like, spirit of Ugin talking to him, which doesn't look yeah. like Ugin, because Ugin now is a twin of Bolas for some reason. 
the current story is stupid. Just sticking that with that. That is beautiful, though. But yeah, so this is Sarkon after he started to, like, lose his damn mind because both Nicobolas and Ugin are, like, screaming in his head. I believe this is the only Planeswalker who cannot give himself additional loyalty. Because instead of a plus one, he's got a zero, and I believe it's a draw card effect that lets you... That, um, I think if you draw a land, nothing happens. Either nothing happens or you can play it. Um, and if you draw anything that isn't a land, he takes damage equal to its CMC, if I remember correctly. Then it's got a minus one and like a minus four? You got two of those, so it's a zero and minus two, a minus four. Okay, it's minus two, Um, not minus one? Okay. Yeah, comes in with seven. So reveal the top card his zero is reveal the top card of your library and put it into your hand sarkhan the mad deals damage to himself equal to that card's converted mana cost yeah so if it's a it, the only way for him to avoid taking damage is for it is to be zero it. cost or for it to be a land yeah so no matter what he's just constantly beating himself up isn't his minus two yes. just like destroy a creature uh target creatures controller sacrifices it then that player puts a 5-5 five, five red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And what's his other ability, then? Uh, so, minus 4. Each dragon creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target player. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Agreed. Yeah. It. He's, he's very weird. I know, once again, that I want to say Mike did something relatively impressive with Sark on the Mad, but mm-hmm. he's weird. He's very, very weird. But I still think this is some of the best art that Sarkon has ever gotten. Agreed. Because yeah. his art in Tarkir wasn't that... Well, okay, his first art in Tarkir was good. But his second one was him being all, like, dragonified and was kind of dumb. Yeah, this is just, uh, creepy. Yeah, I mean, I love Uncomfortable. that... When, uh, I want to say they use this for something else, because there's a image somewhere that's a little bit more zoomed in on his face... And you can see that uh, his eyes are just, like, glowing red. Like, that's that's not, like, his yeah. eyes being bloodshot. It's just, like, magic flooding through. Then my question is, where did all that blood come from? Uh, that's probably best not to ask. It's probably his, <laughs> but who knows? I was thinking, like, is he scratching at things? I mean, he's on uh, Zendikar at this time. It could have been a bunch of Eldrazi that he killed. I don't know. Possibly. Probably not. I don't remember why he was on Zendikar, honestly. Like, he was... It was so odd, because he... We got cards for him in two, like, back-to-back blocks, didn't we? Because he was in um, Shards of Alara, because his whole deal is that he, like, loved and sought after dragons, and Shards had uh, Jund that was a plane dedicated to eventually everything gets eaten by a dragon. Or everything gets hmm. eaten by something that eats something, or that gets eaten by something else that gets eaten by something else that gets eaten by a dragon. It was a weird, weird shard. The entire thing was that, like, death doesn't actually matter, and a bunch of things on Jund had evolved specifically to gain benefit out of having been killed and eaten. Okay. Because it was, uh... Red, with it, red was the focus, so that's why dragons were the main idea, with black and green... As uh, the other parts of it, I just threw one more up in there from okay. Matt oh. Stewart. Which one is that? 
Oh, I feel like I've seen this one before. You probably have. It's a Kaladesh. Um, Master Tinker. Okay. Do you want to? He looks like Kaladeshi Santa Claus. He, oh my God, he does. <laughs> I I love it. Kaladesh has Santa Claus. Got it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry it looks like he's making here. a toy. He does. He looks like he's making like dolls. <laughs> okay, you should probably read this because it makes him sound even more sort of like Santa Claus, but not quite. So, so not to like completely derail. No, 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 no. I, I needed about. to be derailed anyway. <laughs> um, this is just so again faces. I love a good face. Um, so this is Master Trinketer, uh, Trin Trinketeer, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, for two generic and a white, this is a dwarf artificer for 3-2. Uh, servos and thopters you control get plus one, plus one. Uh, for three generic and a white, create a 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature token. Flavor text. Let us never forget the joy that lies at the heart of invention. Aww. He looks like a Kaladeshi Santa Claus. <laughs> All he needs is a scarlet cloak of some sort, and he'd actually be ready for the holidays. I feel like they probably didn't give him that cloak specifically because then he'd end up, like, looking like he's siding with the rebels. Yeah. Maybe a blue cloak. Because <laughs> blue is the color of the ether. I love the clearly waxed mustache. It's so great! And he has, like, a little, like, ponytail on the top of his head. He does. Bound up there. That's adorable. Um, yeah, Kaladeshi Santa Claus. <laughs> are there any other cards you want to jump onto real um, quick? Let me skim real quick. But, I mean, there's a lot of really cool cards. Just oh, going yeah. he, uh, and searching, literally just searching Matt Stewart uh, MTG. Yeah. Or he has done some very, done very impressive arts. Yeah. yeah, and quite a few, he's done some lands as well. Yeah, cool. there there aren't a lot of artists who do land. Usually they do, like, exclusively or uh, yeah. more land than other stuff. Yes. Because, oh, what's his name? There's a guy who I think does almost only land, and now I'm forgetting his name. Shoot. Hmm. What set are you from? Conspiracy. Uh, there's a card from cons from the conspiracy set that I think is kind of cool. Okay. Marchesa uh, the Black Rose. He did Marchesa? I was not aware of that. Yeah. Uh, Art of MTG, where are you? Yes, Matt Stewart. There we go. So, yeah. Uh, Marchesa the Black Rose. And then I think what also goes with it is Power Play. I'm just trying in to terms of find They pair together, it, it looks like, for a story. Oh, there it is. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Let me just put um, up Marchesa first. Really and we'll see. Yeah. There's Marchesa, he, and let me. When he, he does a lush background. Ooh. Okay. Like super did you pull up the uh, Marchesa, the Black Rose on? I did. So did you scroll down? The like sketchy sketchy art. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So. I've got it up, so again, sorry for anyone who's watching this on, um, or not watching, listen, to listening this. to this. Um, we have a bunch, because this is an art episode, we're doing a lot of visual stuff, and, 
on the Art of MTG, they not only have, like, the finished version of Marchesa, they also have this, like, really Beautiful. impressive, like, pre-coloring sketch. Like, it's, it's very, very impressive. It's gorgeous. And just sort of makes it clear that how much extra work has to go into making something like this. Um, I just also want to point out, in terms of detail, instead of it just being, like, a plain-colored glove, no. There is, like, actual lace on the gloves yep. and the kind of, like, fan collar that she has behind her head. Yep. And it is visual lace that you can trace the design of. Yeah, you can't... It's It does not exist as much in the uh, sketch. It's more like, in, uh, in the like original, an idea of Yeah, it. in the finished one, you can definitely see that there's, like lace on her gloves, there's sort of this like partially see-through lace uh, fan thing at the back of her neck. It's all quite impressive. It is a lush piece. Yes. And like, even in this card art, those details come through really strong. Yeah. Like, I think, which... I think um, Matt Stewart, besides like the amazing focus on faces, I think part of what makes his art so good is sort of the exact opposite of why I was liking Chippies, mm -hmm. where there is a background and it's detailed, but because of the way he like it's soft, brings the but it tells yeah, the story. The way that he brings the focus onto the, the character and the background is sort of like more faded for Matt Stewart's, it's always like the character blends with the background but something about them sets them apart so you know what you're supposed to be looking at. So like it's in like Marchesa's about art, the crispness of the lines. I wouldn't even say the crispness. I think it's just a color thing with at least with Marchesa specifically, where you've got like these bright, bold colors throughout the entire art until you get to Marchesa herself, who is just like purple and she yeah, and she's, uh, she's just Liliana like, would like would oh, compare yeah. wardrobe notes. Yeah, but it's like, like these purples. It's cool. It's much calmer. Like she and she's herself in the is shadowy cool. corner of the art as well. Yeah. I think that's why I think this is done so brilliantly is that he's got this insanely detailed background, but you still know what your what the focus is supposed to be, mm -hmm. because and you, it tells a story as well. Like yeah, literally someone is face down in the soup. She looks like she might be fiddling with her ring, um, as in like a poison ring, and that smart ass look on her face. There's a dagger or something in her large ring on her left hand. Oh, that's a dagger? Okay. Or it might not it's be like a dagger, a but there's something. It's, it's, it's like a stiletto. But it's even too small for that. Like, it's clearly coming out of the ring, so yeah. I guess maybe like a syringe? Huh. Hmm, yeah. I mean, it also sort of fits with her whole mechanic, which is that she has dethroned and gives your other Creatures Dethrone, which if you haven't seen, Dethrone is a mechanic from Conspiracy that give Conspiracy was a multiplayer-focused set, so it gave you incentives to attack whoever had the most life points. Yeah. Um, but this art, though, yeah. is stunning. And super detailed. Our creature control. Oh, right, and yeah, she has the thing about anyone who... Uh, serves her and helps her dethrone gets mm -hmm. uh, returned from the graveyard. Yeah. I will reward you for yeah. your um, fealty. 
Well, I th- yeah. think with that, we should probably call this episode to a close. Honestly, we could talk about... Oh, we could. That's like why I'm trying to, like... And we did, like, almost uh, just over an hour. That's pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. I, I, it's more of that I know that we can keep going forever, so I think we should <laughs> call it here. Yeah, we could natter on for ages about this. So, thank you all very much for listening, or watching, I hope, because, like I said, there's a bunch of visual elements This is more this. of a visual episode. Yeah. But um, if you want to see the rest of the stuff that we do, you can find all of it over at lairoflore.com. Uh, specifically, we mostly do Twitch streams. It's mostly me, but Miriam will occasionally join me along with a couple of other mm-hmm. folks, uh, which you can find at twitch.tv slash lairoflore. Uh, if you want to help us and support what we do, you can subscribe on Twitch, you can give bits, you can support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lairoflore. There's a whole bunch of different options, including one that gives you access to the Derpy Puppy Feed, or as it's been renamed, the uh, Menagerie of the Lair, since we have a cat, too. And some other goofy stuff, like you can get access to the Engine Room, which is stuff before and after this podcast, along with before and after some of our uh, other recorded things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all big, goofy, silly fun. Uh, hopefully you'll check it out. And yeah, you can also find us on like Facebook, Twitter, pretty much anything. If you type in Lair of Lore, it's probably us. Um, and, th- and right, I always forget that you can email us at masterminds at com. Is there anything you want to plug, Miriam? Nope, that should be good. Okay. All right. I'll see you guys next time. Yep. Bye, all. Bye. Hey, folks. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. I just wanted to pop in here and give a quick shout out to our wonderful painters in the lair who make all of this possible. Tremor 101, Stark Maximum, Damasu, Gothic Airman, and Pentaperi. Thank you all so very much. This is all because of you. Thank y'all.